Blog Talk Radio. Morning, friends of animals everywhere, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I hope your weekend is unfolding perfectly so far. Starting your day off with animal topics is a great way to start any day, and I do my best to find entertaining and informative guests from all over the animal advocacy world. First today, we'll be speaking with Andrew Kirshner, who is organizing a march against cruelty to animals. He's a passionate person who hopes to raise awareness about this issue. And after our halftime break, Dr. Katie Nelson will be checking in to talk about Pet Obesity Month. And no, this isn't the month where we try and make our dogs and cats fat. In fact, there are too many obese pets out there for some reason. I think owners think it's cute or really no big deal, but Dr. Nelson definitely has a few things to say about that, so stay right where you are, tuned into the Pet Place on KJAZZ 88.1 FM, and we'll begin after a quick message from the station. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and with me now is Andrew Kirshner. Good morning, Andrew. Hi, Marie. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. I understand, I've heard through the grapevine, that you're planning a pretty exciting event coming up next month. Yeah, we're, uh, we've been organizing for the past couple of months uh, a, a march for all animals to raise awareness down here in Florida, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's coming up November 16th. And, and the march is against cruelty to animals, right? Yeah, it's a little bit different than a lot of the traditional events, protests, and walks that we've had where we tend to walk for, let's say, farm animals, or we protest a circus, or we try to raise awareness about not uh, shopping at a, at a uh, pet store and, and instead adopting a dog from a shelter. Mm-hmm. This march invites all people to advocate um, for all animals. So um, we're having people that um, may uh, participate in activities to benefit manatees, dolphins, uh, and other marine life like sea turtles, people who volunteer at dog shelters, and those who speak out against factory farming. So the idea is to bring all of these good, dedicated, tireless, selfless people together in one place, and uh, invite the media and uh, speak out on all of these issues. And hopefully, if we can generate a lot of interest, uh, the public may look at it and say, you know, instead of just seeing 10 people standing on a corner protesting some form of cruelty, if they see throngs of people out there, they may scratch their heads and say, you know, maybe this is really something worth looking at. How can I get involved? Absolutely. And you're hoping that people from all over the country will join you. Yeah, we've been so inspired by the response. Uh, A week doesn't pass where we don't receive an email or phone call from someone who's telling us, I'm coming from Chicago. I just bought my ticket from Minnesota. You know, I'm coming from San Francisco. And, And 
So, yes, everyone is invited from all over the country on our website, which is marchagainstcruelty.org. We have a list of hotels and restaurants and other accommodations uh, for people who are coming out of town. But I should say we have people driving from Jacksonville and Tallahassee and the north end of Florida all the way you know, down from Key West and the southernmost part of Florida. So we're very excited, we're grateful, and we're hopeful that it's going to raise awareness about this issue. I should add that all of us are volunteers. Uh, no, nobody is getting paid anything um, for the event. And I think that, you know, people have seen that it's a grassroots movement. While we have the support of a lot of animal protection uh, organizations, um, all of us are, are just putting in all the hours we can to, uh, to you know, make the event a success what prom- uh, on our own time. Okay. What prompted you to get underway with this event. I mean, this is a huge undertaking. Yeah, it's uh, it's even more of a massive undertaking than we imagined to try to mobilize people from, from all over a state. There's so much, so much logistics that goes into it. Really, the inspiration was, I think, just born out of, one, frustration that we're not making more progress. You know, we look at something like the horse-drawn carriage industry, and we shake our heads in disbelief that we haven't been able to topple it yet after decades of protesting something that's so inhumane and so unnecessary with pedicabs and walking and bicycling and so many other options in places like Central Park and New York City and elsewhere. So frustration uh, and a desire to, uh, to, to do better, to do more. But I think you know, the overriding factor more than anything else has been an unyielding belief in people's capacity to change. There's enormous potential in our society. If you ask most people in a poll if they support cruelty towards animals, overwhelmingly most polls hover 80, 90 percent say no. I think 80 percent in a in a in a uh, in a poll uh, suggested uh, that they don't favor the force feeding of ducks and and geese to make foie gras on factory farms. Uh, and yet so much of the cruelty that exists in our society is still legal, and so much of it is so unnecessary. Uh, it's all unnecessary, but some of it, most people don't participate in, uh, you know, something like the surface, circus, for example, where elephants are prodded with bull hooks and, and trucked all over the country in, in trailers. There, there's uh, animal-free circuses like Circus de Soleil uh, now and, and so many other um, cruelty-free options out there, whether it's whether you're buying leather, fur, or wool that you know comes from the backs of animals, or products that have been tested on animals. There's so many substitutes out there. So it goes far beyond just making more humane eating decisions and eating more plant-based foods, but also includes everyday decisions like abstaining from going to a rodeo, a sea aquarium, a circus, or wearing products made of animals or tested on animals. So. Our philosophy, and our, you know, is that everything everybody does matters, and uh, we're not perfect. We don't expect everybody else to be perfect, um, but there's a lot more that we can all do to reduce our carbon footprint, to improve our health, and, and importantly, to uh, show compassion for animals. And so we want to provide people a lot of different ways, and that's what the uh, march is all about: is just raising awareness. So people can make more informed decisions that that show mercy for animals. Well, in addition to your march, then will you have 
a fair sort of environment where there's booths and displays and information where people can find out how they can write to their representatives to enact more humane laws and that sort of thing? Fair sounds fun. The fair is fair, absolutely. We have, we're going to have tables set up that are um, going to be manned by volunteers, and at those tables we'll have literature from all of the different organizations. So if someone wants to volunteer, for example, with Grade 2K USA, an organization that uh, speaks out against dog racing or uh, C.J. Acres Animal Rescue Farm, a farm sanctuary, in Jacksonville, uh, Keystone Heights, Florida, or Mercy for Animals, another one that speaks out against factory farming. Whatever people want to do, um, protect marine life, wildlife, there will be opportunities there for people to sign up, get information they need. Um, we also are going to have plant-based food provided um, at the event, so people will be eating, they'll be learning about different ways to help, um, I'll be speaking along with some other speakers that I've invited to join us, and, and then of course we'll be we'll be marching with signs in hand, and hopefully it'll be uh, you know a memorable and powerful uh, inspirational experience for everyone who who joins us. And what is the route that you are all going to be taking, and about how many people are you expecting to to take part? We are going to be starting the march at Hyzenga Plaza, which is um, at 1 East, uh, East Las Olas Boulevard. It's downtown Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and it's a, it's a good central location, a uh, beautiful area on, on a place called Riverfront. And we're going to be walking. Uh, there's actually a march, a photo of the march route on our website, marchagainstcruelty.org. And we're going to be walking a couple of miles west around the Broward Center for the Performing Arts. Um, it's a beautiful walk, and you know, we'll be circling back. So the whole the whole march is just a couple of miles. Um, you know, we want to be mindful of how long uh, uh, people uh, can walk. <laughs> and uh, But the weather should be beautiful. It's about a month from now, so November 16th. So, um, yeah, so that should all be good. And, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, the second part of your question? Well, what... What do you plan to do? I mean, how many people will be there? Oh, it seems like yeah. this might... You know, we have a Facebook event page where people can sign up, but it's really hard to tell. You know, we've been um, passing out flyers and advertising um, all over the state, and um, we're at universities, at festivals, at concerts on all of the beaches, uh, uh, you know, from in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Delray Beach, and so on. So uh, because people don't have to sign up uh, or organizations, and, of course, we've been calling hundreds of organizations and inviting them to join us, um, and there's been a real groundswell of enthusiasm out there. People want to get involved. They want to do something. You know, they feel we're at, you know, on the verge of a tipping point and want to move the, the ball forward. But because people don't have to sign up and they don't have to register or pay anything, um, we simply don't know it's very similar to the way a you know a march or walk works in Washington D.C., where everybody just kind of converges on the mall and, okay. and uh, they do a count. So we're hoping for a lot of people. Okay, so if people were coming from all over the country and from California, where where I am, yes, you said that there's information on your website where people could get hotel information and anything else that they might need. You bet. Hotels, restaurants, um, the distance from the different hotels to the March site and, and everything else that they'll need. There's a frequently asked questions section on there that I encourage 
everyone uh, to read. Um, you know, one of the common questions I get is, can we bring our dog? And unfortunately, the answer is no, just for safety reasons and, and liability with that many people out there. We don't want to have any incidents with dog on dog, dog on person, or dogs getting too tired. And and it is a march for all animals, and we don't want people bringing manatees and giraffes and pandas <laughs> with them. Uh, that wouldn't be right. So uh, we uh-huh. are also speaking up against the exotic animal uh, trade. So unfortunately, some people keep... Uh, animals as uh, companion animals that you know don't belong in a house uh, many of them for example pythons are released out in the everglades and now are wreaking havoc on on the habitat they're eating yeah i have heard they're doing a number on the ecosystem out there and, oh yeah they're and, eating the alligators they're eating deer they're yeah. eating everything birds everything in their path and and that suspectedly started um, from people keeping them as companion animals and not being able to take care of them and then letting them go into the Everglades. And well, I think people things. get them as little pets and they don't do any research whatsoever. Yep, and then yep. all of a sudden they've got this gigantic snake yep. that they can't feed anymore because they'd have to steal their neighbor's cats, which yep. we don't want them to do. Oh. <laughs> and oh. that they're tremendously uh, horrible things. And so they just turn these guys loose, and you just can't do that. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, they'll be fine on their own, they'll survive, but they they have no consideration whatsoever to the natural environment, and it's unfortunate. It's so true, and I I want to add um, that this march is not just for people who are involved. In fact, I'd be, t- you know, we'd be tickled pink if if the majority of people who came to this event are simply people who are interested in getting involved Excellent. and interested in learning more because Absolutely. we want to bring more people under the umbrella of compassion and and make the tent as big as possible. So this is not a march for people who are perfect. It's not a march for people who you know, have been doing it their whole lives, you know, standing up for animals. This is a march for everybody. So even if someone is, is performing one act of kindness, you know, we're thrilled to hear it. It's more than many people do. And uh, we want uh, we want them to join us. And okay. hopefully they'll get inspired and see other people holding signs for other causes and see the wisdom of extending their compassion, you know, to all animals. And Definitely. And, uh, Andrew, we're wonderful. just about out of time here, and I want to make sure we get your website out before I let you go. So let's give that out very quickly. You bet. Marchagainstcruelty.org. All Wonderful. one word. It's the 2013 Florida March Against Cruelty is the name of the event. And thank you so much for well, your you. time and for helping us promote the event. Very good. And we need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Dr. Katie Nelson will be stopping by to talk about Pet Obesity Month. This and more are just ahead on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM, and I'm very pleased to introduce Dr. Katie Nelson. Good morning, Dr. Nelson, and welcome to the Pet Place. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm used to being on the pet shows and being on the pet place. It feels like home already. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your radio show, and, and where does that air? Um, it's actually a television show here in Washington D.C. Oh, okay. And, um, we uh, we are definitely on a local ABC affiliate, but we are viewed all over the world online, so you can find us anywhere. That is very cool. And you are 
Very much advocating a special month that's coming up. Or actually, is it this month, October? It is this month. Oh, it's October, wow. yeah. October is, among other things, there are a lot of months that October is, but to the one closest to my heart is National Pet Obesity Month. And, um, you know, as a veterinarian who's practiced for 13 years, this is definitely something that has impacted my clients over the years, the obesity epidemic that we're seeing. It is an epidemic. I tell you, everywhere I go, I see what appears to be pillows with four legs everywhere. Absolutely. Little ottomans. I, it's, exactly it's amazing. Right. I have a friend who has a cat who weighs, gosh, in the 30s, like 38 yeah. pounds or something. Yeah. It, it's horrible. And it is. It's devastating. And they think, it, they it's think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's extremely devastating in the fact that you know, the majority of it is our fault. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the worst part. Um, you know, it's funny. I was up in New York City last weekend, and the dogs in Central Park were actually some of the fittest dogs that I think I've ever seen. And it was sort of counterintuitive to me that I'm thinking apartment dogs, these dogs lead probably a sedentary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They would be a fatter, <laughs> you know, slice of the population, but it really wasn't. But um, you know, also looking at the people of New York City, I don't think that you have the obesity epidemic there as bad as you do here either, because it's a very it's a it's a society based on walking. Exactly, you know, everybody walks everywhere, mm-hmm. and you basically kind of run everywhere <laughs> when you're in New York. Hold that cab. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think um, I, the reason I'm bringing that up is because the our pet's lifestyle really mimics our lifestyle. Oh, that's And true. for the most part, it, they tend to mimic our waistline as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with over 60% of the human population in America being overweight, our pets have creeped up to that number as well, almost 80 million pets in the United States are overweight. And, you know, this is not just something that is, as you said earlier, cute. You know, some people add these funny little terms, a little pudgy, or he's he's fluffy, or he's big boned. and Pleasantly you know, plump. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> we, we throw these little terms out there to kind of take the bite out of it when, you know, us as veterinarians, we're telling our clients this. But you know, I, I think that by doing that, we've really shot ourselves in the foot because we've made this something that seems like more of a cosmetic thing rather than a medical thing. And what we need to be treating this is what we need to be treating this as is something that's every bit as serious as heart disease. It's every bit as serious as joint disease or you know any other devastating metabolic disorder that we're diagnosing our pets with. And I think if we change our mindset, and we, you know, attempt to change the mindset of our clientele, then we can really address this properly because it's not cute, it's not funny in any way. It's yeah. actually a devastating, debilitating metabolic disorder that these pets are faced with. Um, fat cells themselves are just hormone factories. They produce all sorts of inflammatory hormones and, and factors, and they are extremely active, what fat cells are. So, you know, we kind of used to look at them as just storage cells, but now we know the facts are that they are really, truly hormone factories. And by having all of these fat cells there sitting there producing all these inflammatory hormones throughout the body, we end up with very ill pets down the road. And, you know, it's not just joint disease, which is sort of a no-brainer. I think Mm -hmm. everybody can kind of wrap their brain around that, you know, that 
extra weight on little legs and little joints is going to lead to joint disease, mm-hmm. definitely. But also, it can lead to increased incidence of heart disease, increased incidence of diabetes, as well as cancer. Wow. So this is something that we really, really need to address properly. Well, how um, do you address it? What do you do to get your pet fit and trim again? Well, first of all, first things first is you have to recognize that there's a problem, you know, and I think that that's a big um, obstacle that we as veterinarians face is we really do have that, you know, cutesy thing that we face with this. And again, I think we've done it to ourselves in an attempt not to um, upset a client that we're talking to because if it's, it's a delicate conversation to have I'm when you sure have a very is. overweight client and you're telling them they have a very overweight pet. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uncomfortable um, for everyone in the room, but mm-hmm. I think if our if our clients can start to see this as a disease process and not as something that we're criticizing you sure. um, as an owner, because in no way are we trying to do that. You know, as a veterinarian, we're trying to be the advocate for your pet and do what's best for your pet and get you on a, on a track that's going to get your pet healthy and slim and trim again. Um, so we're all on the same page. It's just we need to take the, you know, the personal feelings off of the table, Absolutely. which is difficult to do when it comes to our pets. So you should never free feed your pet for starters, right? Yes. I am very morally opposed <laughs> to free feeding. And I put it very simply to my clients that if you put an entire cheese pizza out in front of me, as well as, you know, a gallon of chocolate ice cream, and you said, you know, this is what you have to eat for the day. Just, you know, just don't, have, don't eat all of it. Just have a know. little, yeah. Yeah, you know, don't eat all of it. Just, you know, eat whatever your body needs. Uh-huh. Um, oh, my God, that pizza's going down. <laughs> it's chocolate ice cream. I mean, I am not to be trusted. And, you know, I, I tend to make better decisions than most dogs do. You know, I don't eat socks, and I don't eat antifreeze and things like that. So I'm a bit of a better better decision maker than most dogs, but yet we are trusting them to only eat the amount that their body needs, and cats as well. Um, so, you know, we need to realize that that's just, it, it, it doesn't make any sense for us. And to every animal is there. different, too. You might have a pet who really does only eat what it's hungry for Absolutely. and stays fit and trim, and then its buddy, who lives in the same house, mm-hmm. might have no gas gauge at all Absolutely. register and just eat and eat and eat and eat. I had a puppy once, a German Shepherd, long ago. And I was in the middle of moving from one house to another. And so I had the puppy stay with my mother-in-law. And she did not keep the bag of food that I sent with my puppy in a safe place. She oh, left, boy. She left it where going. the puppy could get it. My puppy ate every last bit of food mm-hmm. in the dog food bag. And yeah. then she went to the pool because she had access to the backyard and drank and drank and drank because she was so thirsty. And, uh, of course, all of this dry food in her stomach blew up. Blew up, and I came over, and I looked at her, and she looked like a medicine ball. Yeah, <laughs> and horrible. that can actually be extremely dangerous, it, um, yes. especially in puppies. It can be. I mean, I've, I was an emergency vet for seven years. I mean, we, we I've seen food bloat come in. and it I had to rush dangerous. her to the vet. Yes, that was yeah. quite a traumatic yeah. incident. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's going to stick with you forever. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's just one of those things, like, 
yes, some people are going to do, you know, make the right decisions with all the food that they eat, but then some people aren't. It's the same thing for our pets, our dogs mm-hmm. and our cats. And as you said, I mean, typically we'll see these, you know, pairs of cats coming in, especially that one of them's 20 pounds and one of them eight, is 8 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the owner is saying, well, I just don't understand why this one's fat <laughs> and why this one's skinny. Like, because well. I have the big, giant uh, automatic feeder that's yeah, out there for whenever they want to eat. Buffet right. available all the time. And it's just not going to work. So you really do need to work into timed feedings, and you need to be feeding them a couple of times a day. If you've got a smaller dog, one of the what I call little shaker dogs, um, you know, that they burn off a whole lot of energy by trembling all day long, they might need to eat <laughs> more than twice a day. They might need to eat three times a day. Okay. Um, or if you've got one of those little, you know, everybody's seen the little you know, cats that they're like so active that they're just like tiny and scrawny mm-hmm. no matter how much they eat. Those little guys, they might need to eat three times a day as well. But for the most part, most of our pets can do fine with twice a day. It okay. helps keep that metabolism rolling. It keeps their energy levels up and it keeps them ready to go out for a walk with you or go do some sort of game with you and get active. Um, and doesn't you know, exercise, if, if you have a pet who's already obese, doesn't mm-hmm. exercise sort of jumpstart the metabolism? It can, you know, but really and truly when we think, when, we, when it comes down to it, the human research has proved this as well as the, the, the veterinary research. When you're trying to lose weight, 80% of it is diet and 20% of it is exercise. Oh, that okay. 20% is an extremely important part. It absolutely is because you need to build that lean muscle. Lean muscle burns fat and calorie, or burns calories in general faster than the rest of the body does. So by building lean muscle, you're building fat-burning cells and you're going to help your pet to lose weight more efficiently. But that leaves the other 80% that we're doing wrong. And, you know, part of it is definitely the fact that we're kind of a lazy society. Um, We really like the convenience factor of having everything that our pet needs wrapped up into a tiny little crunchy kibble that we can throw down into a bowl. Mm -hmm. Works. It works well for many pets. But then there are a lot of pets that it isn't working well for, and we're seeing that on the waistlines of all of these pets around our country. So we really need to start thinking about this. Like if I were going to go on a diet, what would I do? I probably wouldn't be eating, you know, everything out of my pantry. Um, I would probably be eating lean proteins. I'd probably be eating fresh fruits and vegetables. And I would try to be cutting out some of the chemicals, the preservatives, the carbs, the all the other things that are in those shelf-stable foods that we keep in our pantry. Those are there for a pinch is what I kind of look at them for. But for the most part, I'm going to be focusing on fresher, healthier foods. Makes sense, Dr. Nelson. Do you have a website that has some of this information? Because we're running out of time, and I want to make sure our listeners can get all of this information. Absolutely. They can check all of this information out on freshpet.com. My bio is there as well as a bunch of my blog posts um, are there as well. And it's all just about sort of wrapping your head about feeding fresher, healthier foods that are still complete and balanced. And it's not making it complicated for you where you're having to try and cook and, you know, get these meals balanced. Um, So it's all about feeding fresh, feeding healthy and, you know, feeding our pets like we would feed ourselves and cutting out the chemistry experiment that we find in many bags of kibble. Makes total sense. Dr. Nelson, thanks so much for stopping by the Pet Place today and sharing this with our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're very welcome. And we need to take our final break of the morning, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. 
on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. One of the things I like about October is that there are a ton of Halloween-themed events for people and pets to attend, and one of my favorites is Yappy Halloween at the Ritz-Carlton in Dana Point, which will be held this year on October 24th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Now, you might be wondering how dogs and the Ritz go together, but honestly, they are extremely pet-friendly over there. They invite all well-mannered canines and their companions for tricks and treats and celebration of Okay, here I go. Halloween. Sorry, I couldn't resist. This seasonal yappy hour celebration is a chance for pups to strut their stuff in their favorite costume. A panel of judges will determine which canine will take home the prize in the costume categories of scariest, funniest, most glamorous. I'm sorry, that's not grammatically correct, but that is the actual category. And, of course, Best in show. First place prize in each category is a hand-painted dog bowl by Debbie Carmen of Faux Paws Productions. Cost to enter the costume contest is $10 per canine and all proceeds benefit Friends of Orange County's Homeless Pets. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.